So let me tell you the story about what happened to Ronaldinho. Okay. This man shows up to a Pepsi commercial mm. with a bottle of Coke, a can of Coke. Wow. They saw it and they fired him immediately. He never worked for Pepsi ever again. Okay. <laughs> remember, remember when they did the 2012 FIFA World Cup? Yeah. And like Pepsi was doing all these fancy ads. There was this one with Messi and they were in the desert and he was shooting footballs mm-hmm. in the desert. Yeah. You see that? And then they made those cans the ones with like the football outside on it like the they embedded you know the football print yeah on the outside of a can football print outside of a can oh yeah that's pretty cool fancy stuff yeah i think i saw it too fancy stuff yeah yeah i remember like recently they did like ads with like kendall jenner and stuff mm-hmm. and there was a lot of backlash on it too yeah but i like know i know they had i think it was britney spears or someone that was part of the pepsi thing mm-hmm. for a while mm. but then i don't know i don't know what happened but Coke is nice too, you know. Just comes Coke up with names, <laughs> stick them on the bottle. <laughs> going to share yeah, that's pretty cool. Going to share a Coke with mom, dad, Jennifer. Jennifer. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've seen quite a bit. Kevin, BFF. They got really creative with that. That's pretty cool, though. But imagine, imagine there was like, imagine there was like Coke, but for like brown aunties kind of thing. So <laughs> have Nilufa. a Coke with Shagufta auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they can go that far. Yo, man, if they had to do every single name, that would be weird. Because I remember they s- they brought it in Kenya as well. Mm. But they still had names like Kevin and Sarah and all that. Mm, okay. They didn't have like, you know, Ochiang mm. or stuff. It was r- uh, Maybe it was, but yeah, it's they need to be really more like, they need to like really do their research if they do something yeah. like that. That's true. Because you know, like the stuff like McDonald's, they have. Like they have menu that are localized within the areas, right? Yeah. Like in the U.S., there's like the McRib, mm-hmm. which you don't get here. Um, in Saudi, you have Macarabia. Yeah, you have the Macarabia. I used which to was love beautiful. it. That oh, beautiful. that's all I used to eat. Um, what's it called? Like in India, you have like makalu tikki. Oh yeah. Right? In Pakistan, you have something similar to that. Right. And like even p- even pizza in Pakistan is like the best thing ever. Yeah. It's very different. I. Like th- but they're like even the milk is different. Hmm. Like, if you notice, like, even, like, the ingredients, like, you look at, you know how we say pani is, pani alagayape, the water is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that makes a big role in, like, how everything tastes. Yeah, for sure. And no, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think water, yeah. water is very different. Water like, my milk. dad's very specific on the type of rice that he wants. Mm-hmm. And, and his, his argument is quite simply that the water that they use for a specific rice is very different to something else, right? Yeah. So, like... I don't know. I think I, he like, he can even he can even tell the difference between the types of rice. Yeah. So he knows what he likes and he d- he knows what he doesn't like. Yeah. So that really like puts it out there. I mean, yeah. Some people are really good at that. Like they're very particular about their taste. Someone like me, like growing up when I was young, I used to be given a lot of different kinds of foods. Mm. So growing up, like for me, as long as it tastes decent enough, I'll have it. For a long time, like I could not tell you if something had enough salt or not. Like That's true. I would just eat whatever's on the plate, but. I feel like when you start, does your dad cook? No, my dad doesn't cook. But like, does he have an idea? To an extent. To like an my extent? Da- my dad's a legend when it comes to making omelets. Like he makes insane omelets. Yeah. But like, I feel like once you have a little bit of experience in cooking, that's what happens. Like you, you have an idea of what's going in your food, mm. then you can actually taste it. Like when I started cooking a lot more, and I started making like kima, minced meat and all that stuff. Mm. I started to realize that whatever i put even the littlest bit makes a big difference makes in the a taste. big difference no that's true that's yeah. true that's true that's true i think we've have a, had a good few minutes of rambling on i think <laughs> we introduce what we're doing here and why there's recording going on so oh yeah hello by the way hello <laughs> audience um so what we are what we are doing here is we are two 
individuals who have time on our hands. Yeah. <laughs> and we thought, why not use the conversations that we have in everyday life and put them onto a platform that allows us to express our opinions on certain world topics that are y- not normally expressed on the news or that require somebody with quote-unquote specialized knowledge to um, have these conversations with. Yeah, yeah. basically, yeah, because we've had a bit of experience in it and we talk about this on a day-to-day basis. So we yeah. thought, why not just you know share it with everyone else too? Exactly. And see what we're thinking about and whether it also makes sense to you. Sure. So why don't we introduce ourselves? Yeah. Uh, you go first. Okay. I'll <laughs> go first. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm Siptain. Um, I graduated from U of T last year with this beautiful individual here. Sad. And um, <laughs> we have a degree in economics yeah. and we thought we should use our economics knowledge and put it to good use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my name is Saad and we've come from the same place. Yeah. We've grown up in the same place. So we have a lot of the same type of humor, I would say. That's that's true. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, to be we're honest, he just texted me one day like, Saad, we should start a podcast. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. So we're doing it. We're doing we both, it. We b- we're both from Pakistan and we both grew up in the Middle East. So yeah. that puts us in somewhat um, similar upbringings. And our dads are both in finance. That works too, right? So <laughs> we've been, we're all about it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so our podcast, we, we, we don't really know, as in we know what topics we want to cover and we know where we want to take this podcast in terms of the stuff that we have discussed about talking. And obviously as, as the weeks and the months go on as this podcast, as we continue um, throwing out episodes, we will have a better understanding on what topics work better for us, what yeah. we can discuss better. And, and what, what our expertise are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because we, like, as being, being have, having spent a lot of time in finance between the both of us, we know that there are certain topics in economics that we do not understand. Yeah. <laughs> but there are certain things in finance, like, like stocks and stuff, that he understands way better than I do. Yeah. Um, and maybe if you talk about real estate, then he has a better idea than I do. Yeah. So... So, so the so the aim of this 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 podcast really is, as we said, to help in putting out the topics that we have conversations on, put them out, put them out there. Yeah, basically, and we had a, we we actually started making a list, and we're not going to promise that we're going to talk about every single one of them. But what we want to do is what we're committing to do is we will do our research beforehand, and we might bring in something as well, like an article of some sort, and we'll talk about it, and. To be honest, it's not always going to be all facts. We're going to give our own opinions on it, what we think, given our background, what we think about it. And we want to apply whatever we see out there to a day-to-day person, like someone who goes to a job, does a nine-to-five, how does it affect you? Yeah. And how does like a change in tax in the corporate tax world affect how you work, say, in a normal shop or as an employee? So, I mean, sometimes it's kind of straightforward and sometimes it's not. Yeah. And a lot of the times politics can play a role and there are other, other factors apart from just economics mm-hmm. that will also affect what's going on. So you want to yeah. go through the list? Or so, okay. Yeah. So yeah, why don't we do this then? Yeah. Um, so certain things that, so obviously we being in, being in Canada, we are providing a more Canadian perspective, yeah. I guess more, more localized. We could provide a more on Ontario perspective, Yeah. but we will be, we will try to be as broad as we can in yeah. terms of how 
in terms of the where we get our news from. So mm -hmm. as in, it's not focused purely on Ontario. It may be focused across Canada and maybe certain things because they'll have repercussions uh, because of the borders that we have mm -hmm. and the ties that we have. So as in ties to the U.S., uh, economic ties, ties to China. Yeah. Um, and all like and obviously another thing that we take into consideration is this global pandemic that we're looking through right because we're looking through the lens of everything like we're looking through this lens of covid right we can't just right now for now yes yeah so so we will we will also put so our our opinions on what the future holds yeah. like when covid dies down and when things sort of return to a degree of normalcy mm -hmm. we will put our opinions there yeah and when the time comes we'll put our opinions about what's happening at that time too so yeah. i'm not saying that we're gonna have the same opinion throughout but if you keep with if you stay with us you'll see where we're going yeah maybe 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 and and hopefully hopefully we we, we could we could take this platform to the level where we bring in guest speakers we can bring in we we would like to bring in some of our friends who mm -hmm. also have that sort of background and are able to have a conversation using using economic theory to help you know strengthen the conversation that we have yeah but also our attempt is to try and tap into some more professional people as well people yeah. within the f industry people in the field to you know bring authenticity to our to our podcast yeah. and at the end of the day just increasing our expertise in the area too because yeah. we're genuinely just curious about it yeah. and we want to know what's going on and like someone like me who doesn't have a job right now and is looking for one this is the best way for me to you know grow yeah improve skills uh, yeah. basically put the knowledge that we have gained and all the skills that we have gained to test because yeah if you if as a as an as an as an economist you technically really just have to do your master's to actually do anything in economics right yeah and you have to be very specialized so as in you'd have to really get into like say you were going to do labor econ right yeah. you really have to get into something in labor econ to actually yeah. do anything with it yeah right? exactly uh, i don't know advise on government policy or whatever and so. like i'm thinking about for example behavioral economics and that's such a broad research-based topic that I need to figure out, like, I need to be sure if I really wanted to do it or not, you know? So exactly. I feel like being able to dabble in different kinds of areas and fields in within economics can help me get a better picture. Yeah. So this is in a way, in a way like bar economics, but, or pub economics. Yeah. But at a slightly, possibly educated level, because we've actually done a bit of econ. Yeah. But it's it's pro it's 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 somewhat the same thing yeah so why don't we why don't we run through a list of topics why don't yeah. we run through a list of topics that we want to talk about so the first one is canadian economy once serb ends so as you know right serb and c-e-w-s uh the wage subsidy the wage subsidy so basically what this is is canada's trying to give out subsidies to to the people who are unemployed who have worked in the previous year and try to help them out economically like financially because of course some people are struggling out there and without a job people who rely on a paycheck to paycheck kind of lifestyle they need a little bit of help so once this is over what are the repercussions so we're looking at in terms of people we're yep. looking at in terms of the government and so on and so forth and then basically the outlook of the economy as well like the other day my mom was telling me that uh trudeau is reissuing serb for another time period yeah right so considering the amount like think like think of it this way a lot of people in canada have lost their jobs yeah. Okay. Since I think it, I think in the past, I think just last year, Ontario lost three hundred and sixty thousand jobs. Yeah, and a lot of them were youth. A lot of them were youth. People like right? us. People, people who are <laughs> who are who are un un uh, don't don't have enough experience. Yeah. Let's let's, let's put it that way. Yeah. So, like we're 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 going to see how 
adding more CERB is going to affect the Canadian economy because, mm-hmm. as we know, government spending is a factor of aggregate demand. Yes. Right? Yeah. But if there isn't sufficient aggregate supply, we'll just have inflation Inflation. (laughs) (laughs) which i don't which we don't think is a good thing because we know the government loves keeping inflation rate at two percent yeah so i mean it's good to give money back to people those who need it but if you give in too much then that could has its own repercussion inflation right um another thing that we are going to look at is canada's opinion on a negative interest rate we know this has been done in the u in in europe yeah i think it's done in europe yes and and Canada dropped their interest. I th- did they drop their interest rate from 0.25 to 0.1? Or I think that was just a conversation. I'm not really I think sure that was if they a did conversation. it. I think they did it to 0.25, I think, a couple of months ago. 0.25, definitely. Yeah. 0.1, I'm not sure. Point one, but I, I'm sure they're probably talking about it now because, yeah. I mean, they need it. But then again, what, what are the impacts of having a low interest rate? Yeah. And what we want to do is we want to go with this time and see what are the impacts on investment, what are the impacts of loans, yeah. Or the impacts of the general money supply and does it really affect inflation? Does it really help the day-to-day man? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, if we do get a lower interest rate, obviously mortgages are going to be cheaper. 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 We will have cheaper mortgages. But as you know, Canada is quite strict in terms of its financial, uh, financial lending capability. Mm-hmm. So the mortgage stress test will still be at about four-ish percent. Maybe mm-hmm. it might even go higher because we know that because... With the lower interest rate, obviously more people would want to borrow, right? Because yeah. they want to get houses. And we've seen that people are moving from Toronto to G- GTA. Like further in GTA. Like yeah. Look at Barry. Barry houses are reaching like the million dollar mark. I was looking at Kelowna, BC, and they are flying right now. Exactly. They're increasing a lot. Right? That's crazy so too. Like Kelowna is like a l- small little city up in BC. Yeah. And people want to live there. So exactly. that's why prices are going up. So yeah, a lot of people are moving out of the metropolitan area mm-hmm. and that is also going to be very, that's going to bring an impact to the prices everywhere. Of course. And of course, interest rates will bring impact on that too. But I wanted to ask, so if interest rates are going down mm. and people are still not borrowing as much as expected, what will happen to investments? Will it really impact the way the government's trying to impact, trying to like boost the investment? Yeah, because high think interest rates means you're going to get a lower return on your investments. Yeah. You said Kelowna... Yeah, had has a really. The, it's an in- increasing rent rate. And increasing rent rate, yeah. right? Like even like downtown. See what's ni- what what's happening here is like we know that downtown is fairly resilient. Like even in two thousand eight, when the cri- when like everything went really bad, mm-hmm. downtown Toronto was fairly stable. Yeah, fairly stable. The prices didn't drop too much, so people didn't lose too much of their shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and right now, a lot of the investors for downtown are still holding. Right, because there hasn't been a sudden decrease in prices here, mm. in, in in the condo market in downtown, and yeah. elsewhere the condo market has dropped, and especially like rental rates. Yeah, rental rates even rent here in downtown are crazy low. People, the I think the average rental rate for a one bedroom, like mm. the average rental rate was about twenty two, twenty three hundred. Yeah. And now it's at the two thousand mark. But if yeah. you really looked hard, you could find stuff for fifteen, fifteen hundred, seventeen. You know, I know someone who was offered fifteen hundred. Yeah, and that's crazy. Like for live in. Like in downtown, in the heart of downtown, that should be really expensive. Yeah, it is. It used to be really expensive. Like, but peop- like it, it was hard for people to get apartments for twenty two. You know. Yeah, like I had to move a little bit outside of downtown just to get something decent, exactly. and that too I had to share it. I can't get anything by myself. That's exactly. crazy. Yeah. 
but like yeah that, that also means that a lot of people have left the city not just outside towards ontario but a lot of people left because there's a lot there's a big international population in downtown yeah you look at students you get young professionals all sorts yeah because everybody wants to build their family right yeah. and, every, and to build your family you can't really build a family in downtown you need that house space you need that yeah. garden you need you need to be in a place where kids can interact with other kids and there's exactly. parks and there's schools and it's yeah. open and you can drive your bicycle on the street at like 2 a.m. and you're not going to be wa- run over by a car. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and But at the same time, like for young professionals like us, we want to be in Toronto because mm. we want to build something, a foundation that exactly. then we can move out and settle. Exactly. So exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing that we also have to look at is we're looking at the idea of a, ret- a retiring population because... I think there is there was a statistic, and I don't really remember this one hundred percent, but there was a statistic that um, the population, like guess triangle, is sort of inverted, right? Because there's more people who are in that fifty, sixty age bracket getting mm-hmm. close to retirement than there are who are people who are like twenty and thirty. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fewer people are having kids now. A right? lot of people wait a little longer, and this is a big issue in Europe, by the way. Their yeah. populations are declining. Exactly. Right now. And even in Japan, that was a problem too. Jap- like Japan started like marketing that you guys need to, you know, start having kids. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like even, even in Europe, they're kind of pushing it. But I feel like that's just a changing mentality. And that has a big economic impact as well. It, it, it probably does because yeah. that will also, because as, as, it we, reduces as we get closer and closer to a time where artificial intelligence is going to be, you know, a strong factor. A declining population might help us. Might help us, sense. exactly. Yeah. Because art, uh, because obviously, like, when you, the more and more, like, like if you think about it, right? Um, it, when it comes to outsourcing, mm-hmm. a lot of people here lose their jobs because companies want to outsource because it's cheaper to send the labor to Bangladesh, China. India, China, yeah. Pakistan, wherever, right? Yeah. And when you do stuff like that, Obviously, you lose jobs, but then when you g- automate those jobs, you don't even have to pay for those outsourced people. You right? just because need one person to supervise. You have one big investment in the technology itself. Yeah. So in the next 20 years, you're good. Yeah. And it, it, uh, like out of economic theory, we're basically just pushing the production frontier forward. Yeah, exactly. Right? So we're getting more and more efficient, but we and don't need as many people. you're the cost and everything. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It helps exactly, you out exactly. at the end. Right. Yeah. And then, so, so, so then, then another another idea that we also we also came up with was the idea of, and this may be f- quite controversial, given that, but again, given that artificial intelligence is coming up, we were thinking, is there any economic benefit of actually having kids? Like, why are people really shifting away from this idea of of building a family when, when at at one time, like in the sixties and seventies, a two car garage and a white picket fence was, you know, the American dream. Yeah. But what's the American dream now? Yeah. Is there an American dream? I mean, nowadays you have, you also have to think about the social media presence and social media influencers. The scope is changing now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are just trying to do, you like, look at us. We're doing a podcast in the hopes that we might become something. A lot of people are moving away from that nine to five job now. Yeah. And that used to be part of the American dream. You go there, you work hard, yeah. you work the nine to five. You, you earn go the up money, the ranks. You go up the ranks and then you can buy your house. Two, figures, exactly. two and a half kids and a pet. Two and a half kids? That was the average. Yeah, <laughs> that was, that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> You get um, a white picket fence, a nice blue house, two and a half kids. Exactly. And a nice little puppy. And considering considering we're talking about this this whole idea of an American dream, is it still an American dream? Like we're we're mm. seeing what happens in America now, you know, mm. with Trump being what Trump is. People rushing the capital. Yeah. Hey, what's the impact of social social media on economics? Yeah. Like that's that I feel I feel like that should that in itself should be just a branch of 
branch of economics, right? Because yeah. remember, there was a time where Facebook was channeling all of these political ads, political yeah. campaigns, right? Facebook was fairly, I think Facebook was fairly democratic. Yeah. Or I think it just depended on the type of person you were. Yeah. So if you were democratic, you were only shown videos that promoted the Democratic Party. And if you were Republican, you would only show videos that promoted the Republican Party, yeah. right? So that just strengthened people within their own... Um, subconsciously strengthen people within yeah. their own like wants, e- right? Nowadays, like, everything's listening to you. You talk about, for example, like, I spoke about buying a mic. Like, remember, we are talking about renting this. Exactly. And that, and we are talking about starting a podcast. Literally, the next minute, I'm on Instagram, and I see an ad on, on exactly. a podcasting app. Exactly. So, of course, whatever we do, whatever we say, and whatever we search on the internet is now being filtered in, and it, they're using an algorithm, and then they show you what you want to see or what you said. Yeah, all this and big data, all of this data science data. that's becoming such an important part of our industry, yeah. and an imp- important part of our lives is actually, in 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 many ways, it has a very positive impact. Yeah, because it helps people really analyze trends. So we There's know more. Things. So like, remember there was, you see, when we used to talk about when we used to study this in school, right? Remember yeah. we used to always talk about this level of this degree of uncertainty, mm-hmm. like you know, investor speculation mm-hmm. or consumer speculation. Right. By analyzing all this big data, we're going to get to a point where the speculation factor is not going to be as significant as it is now. Yeah. Right. And at the same, but at the same time, you also have to think about like, what about big social media investment in influ- influencers? Like, for example, let's say you're on Twitter and you follow this guy who has like 20 million followers and he just talks about his stock picks. Like like Elon Musk when he said, you know, what, everybody just do Dogecoin. Yeah. And Dogecoin so flew, so right? do you is that insider trading? Is that market manipulation? Like. After doing CFA, I've learned a few things about like, you know, ethics. Yeah. And you talk about like how social media is playing a bigger, bigger role. Mm-hmm. And of course, like social media is moving so fast that the loss can't keep up. Like someone just goes onto Twitter and says, buy Dogecoin, like Elon yeah. Musk. Like, um, like that, whole, that whole Reddit him. thing, right? That whole Reddit whole thing Reddit where thing. everybody was just buying and holding, right? So Diamond hands. And like, like I'm not saying it is, but like just I'm, I'm talking about as like a perspective as an outsider is... Isn't that a form of market manipulation? In a way, in a way that that really counts as because because at the end of the day, we're we're trying to influence a market that's supposed to be to a degree to or to an extent random. Yeah. So right? I feel like this is what's happening right now. There are two sides. I'm sorry, we're going to go on this tangent, but like, let me just say this. Um, on one side, you have people who are saying that why would you bet against a company? That's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Like you're literally betting against uh, someone to like to fail. To, to fail. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like, that's so mean. That is. But on the other hand, you also think about this, that if you don't do that, mm-hmm. companies will be inflated. That's true. They will be overpriced. And at the same time, people think they have a lot of money and one thing can go bad mm-hmm. and they're going to go, they're going to get corrected. Yeah. Like, quote unquote, you know, market correction happens mm-hmm. and people are going to lose a lot of money. Right. So why not bet on them failing now or saying that, okay, you don't really bet on failing them. You're betting on them to be corrected. You're saying yeah. that this is not what you're worth. Yeah. You're worth a lot less. So I feel like there's a little there's a little gap between those who know what they're doing and those who have an idea of what they're doing. And I would in, say. In, in, and I think, I guess it's obviously not. And I think the, the blame also falls. I, I don't know if blame is the right word, but let's just, let's just stick with blame for now. Yeah. But, um, it also it falls it falls in, in in multiple categories right like one of them is the venture capitals like so obviously we're gonna we're gonna like um, go deeper go yeah. deeper into this but you have like all these what's it called you have all these 
uh, startups that require yeah. all this venture capital funding, right? Yeah. And the way these venture capitals do is they is not only do they just they value the technology, but they try to inflate the value of the technology because it gets the it helps the venture capital get a lot more money that way. Yeah. But then it's also more pressure on the people who are requesting funding because yeah. they need to meet that certain target. And if they don't meet that target, then it's a big issue and it could yes. result in a lot of liability. And what, what was the stat? Like one in five or one in 10? One in 10. I think it's one, one in 10, 10 startups. May actually succeed. Succeed, right? It's a huge risk that you take and you're it taking a loan. And as a venture capital, like venture venture capital fund, you're taking a huge risk. You take a very And you require risk, a yeah. huge return. So me, uh, so for, for example, if you're a fund, mm -hmm. venture capital fund, and I'm a startup, I want money. Yeah. start my business of course see and because you're a venture capital fund you are going to require a higher return than a normal investor exactly so now i have two pressures now i'm getting money i think it's it could be successful but he's not sure so mm -hmm. he wants a higher return yep now that pressure is in my head okay i need to make sure i earn this much so i can give him back his money yeah so i can grow right so and then it's and like then on top of that as you get more and more investors you have to sort of conform to their wants and needs as well right yeah. because as, as as a company gets as a company distributes its management you have all of these you have more voting to be done and right? you, you have this thing called like covenants like debt covenants mm -hmm. they're basically like they're like rules that you have to follow in a way yeah. um like for example like you have so in a way to like uh, gauge a company's performance and its value you look at ratios yeah like asset turnover and all that stuff. So basically yeah. like how much debt you have and how much is equity, like basically shares. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep, you have to be holding certain level of ratios to be able to continue doing business. Exactly. Or else the people who gave you that loan are going to ask for it back. Remember when we did corporate finance and we talked about yeah, this, this equity and, and debt and we did like E yeah. plus V and E plus E plus D, E, e over E plus D yeah, and to whack. get those percentage <laughs> and whack. <laughs> whack. <laughs> we, okay. did, we did average something. cost of capital. There you go. Weighted average cost of capital. <laughs> okay, I think I think we're we're I think it's time that we we close off our our test episode. Yeah. And I hope that the I hope that this sort of gives people a little bit of excitement, I guess, because maybe you. I hope that people actually enjoy the stuff that we talk about and they yeah. want to see us continue. Yeah. But I think this also gives us confidence that like we were just able to have this conversation more or less off the top of our heads. Yeah, we just wanted to know if you could handle 30 minutes of just like, just talking about it. Like, yeah, maybe everything we said is not right or wrong, but we're still trying. And yeah. I feel like this will help us hone that skill for us. Of course, I, so I, I agree with that. Yeah. So we will see you guys at our next episode and stay tuned to the stuff that we do we might create social media we'll probably create social media because and we will figure out an intro and outro very soon yes <laughs> that's that's a work in progress yeah okay all right all right take care see you guys <laughs>